This program is about bringing up controversial subjects and a series of quests for strange horrors. It feels good. Guidance is internal. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. Do not think there are things in this universe which you cannot understand and which are true. Welcome to Far Off Topic, Episode 2. Today is a wonderful melange of crazed conversations. In the first half, Jax and I talk about the unusual interests of acting U.S. Attorney General Scott Whitaker, plus witness accounts of an alien invasion over Las Vegas. In the second half, we get serious and ask the question that's on everyone's mind. Who owns crazy? The right, the left, or are weirdos just their own thing? You'll be surprised by the answer. Or not. I'm your host, Fiasco Jones, and with me because never again is never as long as you think is Steven Jackson, a.k.a. Jax, a.k.a. Mr. Glasses. How is life? I think it's good so far. I mean, what are we at, 38 now? So, no. Am I 38? I'm 37. Um, I, God, you're so young. I know. How old are you? I'm becoming, uh, I'll, I'll soon be 42. Jesus. I just realized that. I thought I was actually turning 41, but yeah. no. It just was a rude awakening that yeah. I'm 42. Something, there's I mean, something dire about the word 42. There is. Uh, I mean, just not ready for it. If I saw this um, interview with, uh, I don't remember his name, but he's a old actor and Robert Duvall, and he said that he would like when he was younger take his age and like double it, and he could be like, I can see myself being, you know, 50. And then he's like, but now I'm like 70 years old. You can't double that anymore. And so I know that, you know, I'm so that's sort of like what I've been doing in my life. I saw that like a decade ago. And so I'm like, right. OK, 37. I could see myself being uh, 74. Like, that's not too bad. But 42, like I can't see myself being 84. Mm, yeah, it's, it's getting a little dicey. Like I could see yeah. you being 84, but I certainly can't. I see me being 84. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I smoked longer than you did. Oh, you did. That is yeah. true. But like, so. I just recently had a, a, well, not recently, a couple of years ago, someone look at my lungs because uh, I was kept having like bronchitis. And mm -hmm. I, they said that I had no signs of smoking in my, in my, uh, in my lungs. Really? Yeah. So I mean, you know, your lungs are pretty hardy. They re huh. they re well, they repair themselves. That's hopeful. Yeah. How's life with you? Pretty decent. Uh, hanging up Christmas lights today. Hmm. Um, that really is like the big thing. Oh, and then we, uh, me and Green just had her birthday, so Sweet. we celebrated that. That was fun. That's good. And yeah, um, not much else uh, other than the fact that yeah, this is episode two of Far Off Topic, and. Uh, we're still it's still not uh it hasn't been approved but probably by now episode one episode two will be stacked on top of each other yeah, you'll, you'll uh, hear them at the same time <laughs> uh so that's good all right either way so uh let's jump into it uh let's talk about some uh stories from near and far <laughs> Uh, so I thought this was an interesting, fun story that came out maybe a couple weeks ago, but it, it's appropriate for this podcast. Uh, Matthew Whitaker, apparently, I mean, Ugh. the headlines are all saying that Matthew Whitaker uh, is a believer in Sasquatches uh, and other kooky stuff like that. Well, if you actually read the Washington Post article, it really is saying that the company he was there, the head attorney for, uh, they 
were shilling for a place called uh, Squatch World, mm-hmm. which uh, which hawked this uh, kind of cutesy Sasquatch memorabilia. But the big thing is the the marketing ad for it was, I guess, the one is, is what Washington Post really kind of like nailed into is that it, it was trafficking in some very, mm, I guess, questionable tactics or salesmanship tactics scott j cooper ceo and creative director for world patent marketing and co-founder of squatchworld.com is putting his money where his mouth is his offer a one million dollar prize for irrefutable bigfoot evidence cooper became interested in the search for bigfoot after a california inventor submitted an idea for a bigfoot doll to several patent companies Immediately, Cooper jumped at the project and has been working tirelessly to turn Squatch World into a brand. I really believe this is going to be a billion dollar brand, bigger than Cabbage Patch Kids, said Cooper. Can you imagine the instant popularity of the brand if Bigfoot evidence is actually obtained? It would be the best million I ever spent. I love the the Sasquatch uh, notion. It's, uh, as, as we talked about last week, it's clearly debunkable, but it's still kind of fun to think about. Um, and so the notion that uh, this guy shilled for them, it doesn't make him a disqualifier to me. Well, here's the thing. This is why I think that the, the Post article might be a little deceptive because Whitaker himself is not on record as saying anything about Sasquatch. He was just representing the company that was shilling for uh, Squatch World. And it gets even weirder, too, because as I started investigating what Squatch World was uh-huh. – uh, they're just selling plush Sasquatch dolls. So, Aww. I don't know. It just seems like they were just going really crazy into the marketing of a client of theirs that was selling plush dolls. I'm just going to say it's because he's a believer. It probably is. I mean, I think the CEO says he is a believer. And also, they have, they were uh, uh, sh- uh, trafficking in, in time travel as well in the same kind of span. <laughs> in the same kind of vein. As an aside, uh, they were also <laughs> trafficking in. Obviously, we we talk a lot about time travel, so maybe they're just caught up in that whole uh, fun side of the world. Yeah, it's a good topic to talk about. Time travel is fantastic. Either way, I thought it was a fun little thing, uh, seeing how there's a conjunction between the highest levels of government and the shit we talk about here on this podcast. Absolutely. I did something different here. Switching gears. Uh, abruptly one more time you sent me a link to a facebook video um i couldn't figure out why it just literally was the link and uh no explanation no explanation that's so why I, that's I, how i do it the video once i clicked on the link thank god it wasn't a fishing video uh, uh <laughs> now my computer's destroyed but it was a video of this dude sitting in his car um shooting out the out of his window and against the horizon you can see uh, these string of lights, they form an arc. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden, bunches of lights are just kind of like shooting at each other. Yeah, they kind of look he, like he, the he, Phoenix lights. And yeah, then... and he starts exclaiming that it's a, it's, a, it's a battle. Right. And he's very monotone, by the way. I should also say, like, he, he himself does not seem particularly yeah, amazed. he's not excited. What the hell? It's like a freaking battle. Whoa. Welcome to Las Vegas. We talked last week about how back in the 90s, Unsolved Mysteries days, you would get these um, great videos of people uh, that people had had captured, air quotes around captured, um, (laughs) of UFOs. 
And, you know, that that sort of ceased. I, I think that we're not seeing that's kind of why I thought the UFO world and UFO study was kind of dead. Um, but, you know, in my mind, if there were UFOs hitting our atmosphere at all times, we would be seeing them a lot more because everybody has a phone in their pocket with a camera on it. So then I happened to stumble across this video this week and sent it to you because here is a video someone purporting to be uh, UFOs having a space battle in our atmosphere. So I found it enjoyable. I found it delightful and in more of an, ah, that's adorable. <laughs> that's adorable. Since then it being an actual like uh, UFO vi video of UFOs. But, you know, I mean, people, you know, people don't understand how their cameras work. They just don't. No, this is, 100 percent a uh a deception this is uh that's i mean 100 percent of all of this is he knew what he was doing and uh what i actually am more tickled about is the fact that he actually has a mufon case number and it's it's, it's a whole like like rundown uh, here and i'm actually going to read you the actual citing details from the actual post excellent he says I was waiting in the car while my buddy went into the store. I noticed about nine to 10 bright dots in the sky that looked like stars. The dots were in a line on approximate 45 degree angle. All of a sudden they started to move upward on the same angle. Then a lot of more dots started moving <laughs> downward at the, at the same angle and it looked like they were attacking each other. There were many bursts with at least one big burst. It lasted for 20 seconds. I took the video with my iPhone, and it was not retouched in any way. No, no Photoshop or anything. It is raw footage. I do not know what it was or what happened, but it happened. The proof is in the video. Um, so oh, he said. Also, he says I had my car window down. That's important because uh, he didn't. He definitely doesn't have car window down, and it's important because. He's at an intersection. Yes. And there are cars. So cameras facing a group of cars. Those cars are come to a stop. So that means that their light has turned red. <laughs> and the other direction's cars are now moving. Yeah. On the opposite side of his car window. Exactly. So, I mean, I lean towards space battle, but it could also be <laughs> reflection of headlights. Uh, you think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, space battle is the most likely possibility. Exactly. Uh, especially most likely. Just, you know, an intersection of lights that do not seem to even be uh, hitting one another. Um, and yeah, it just it's definitely space battle, not the reflection of car lights on the same plane as uh, as the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so these guys are the ones that irritate me the most. Me too. I mean, at the end of the day, they just ha they really have to like let's up our game for Christ's sakes. Back in the 90s and and I guess the 80s, we were seeing some really great hoax videos, and this is just garbage. Absolute garbage. And I guess it's, it also gets to the point where he's he's obviously a believer, but he's the kind of deceitful person that i mean he just wants to be a part of it he wants to he wants to have a sighting video he wants people to talk about it like we are right now um mostly he wants i'm sure to be believed but yeah. he, i mean he, it's just pure deception um 
And and honestly, it gets away from what I said last week is that there are phenomenon happening. All everyone just just last night at uh, uh, Mean Green's party, I was talking to one of her friends, and he was telling me about uh, uh, like a ghost phenomena he had when he was thirteen, and it's intriguing. You know, we didn't go into to like trying to explain it away or anything like that, or trying to like put a rational lens on it because it's no point in that. But the fact is that you know, in the small groups, everyone had weird stories right. that they 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 can't explain some people are like hey could it be ghosts i don't know but they're weird things and then you have jagoffs like pedro over here and that's his actual uh that's the actual person that actually named it so you weren't or, uh, you weren't being racist no okay, <laughs> uh he He's out there just muddying the waters because I mean the one good thing is is the fact is how easily this video is to discern that it's fake. You know, it's like you don't have to try to realize what's right. going on in this video. Um, so that's good. But the fact that he's out there shilling this stuff and trying to throw it out there, it's just annoying. And uh, but you know, I mean, when you're talking about a subject like UFOs and the paranormal and all that, this is to be expected. Yeah, so, absolutely. Whatever. And with that, we're going to head off into our second half where we're going to talk about uh, more crazy people and really who owns them. Historically, have governments ever faked incidents or incited incidents in order to get them into wars. Nations in you I'm asking you, has that happened yes. historically? I'm sure it has. Do you believe in a conspiracy in terms of the attack of 9-11? No, but I do believe that it is the first time in history that fire has ever melted steel. I do believe that it defies physics for the World Trade Center Tower 7, Building 7, which collapsed in on itself. It is impossible for a building to fall the way it fell without explosives being involved. World Trade Center 7. World Trader 1 and 2 got hit by planes. 7, miraculously, the first time in history, steel was melted by fire. It is physically impossible. And who do you think is responsible for that? I have no idea. But to say that we don't know that it imploded and it was an implosion and a demolition is beyond ignorant. Look at the films, get a physics expert here from Yale, from Harvard, pick the school. It defies reason. And we are back. So you've been plagued by myriad illnesses uh, over the last year. Yep. Uh, since, since your baby has really just kind of entered the world and she's brought the world back to your tired lungs. Yep. Just all in the lungs, too. <laughs> right. And uh, just last week, we just talked about the fact that uh, scarlet fever, they, they, they didn't even know if you were if the scarlet fever was running around and it has all to do with the fact that there's a contingent of people out there that uh, just don't believe in vaccines. They just uh, it's not a, it's not part of their worldview. Um, this is funny because it also intersects with uh, something I was I heard while I was uh, at work. And that is, um, we were doing like a, a kind of a video, and one of the people we brought in was saying how these quote unquote liberal, crazy liberals out there um, are not vaccinating their children, making it, uh, you know, dangerous for everyone else. I think it was because we were doing the, the chicken pox or something like that. Yeah, so she's talking about the chicken pox outbreak, and she's saying like these liberals aren't vaccinating their children, which actually kind of scratched. I was like, what? Like, how is that? When did the liberals own? Anti-vaccine, but then I thought Jenny McCarthy, who I I, I guess you could presume since she's a Holly weirdo, uh, maybe she's a, a a liberal, um, but I don't know. So I I, I guess I pose the question like um, on a, a lot of these like odd, fringy ideas. Like, 
what is, is there a political bent to them? And if so, like, what is it? And I guess it's starting off with the anti-vaxxers. What are your thoughts? Liberals. I mean, for the most part, I think they're liberals. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're like educated liberals most of the time in my mind. Um, you know, we certainly have some people who are, you know, they're, um, they're putting fluoride in the water and it's turning all the frogs gay. Look it up for yourself. I mean, this is what they're, what do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. I think for the most part, you have, you have white educated, uh, upper middle to upper class people who are, who are rejecting vaccines. Um, so I, I think that's largely a, a contingent of, of liberals. Interesting, because I was I I guess I imagined that it, it's a part of that like homeschool set, you know, which is definitely hues more to uh, the conservative uh, like Christian Bible folk. Yeah, um, yeah, and and certainly um, certainly that is true. There is that group as well, um, but I think that when I think of an anti-vaxxer, I, I think of an extreme like kind of hippie type person who is just liberal typically. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I guess there's also that component of, and, I, and maybe this is too general, is that they they know a little bit of science, or they oh. it's kind of like a, like the Deepak Chopra of, yeah, of biology, yeah. Who, where they know a little bit of something and then just like start extrapolating and adding some claims. Yeah, and and I, I'm looking at research right now from from Pew that that says you know it's generally. 10% uh, conservatives, 12% liberals. So slight liberal advantage there, but um, who, who don't vax. But uh, I mean, when, yeah, you're, you are right. Like there, there are certainly people on both sides of the spectrum who are involved in, in this craziness. And, but, but I don't think that it, I don't think it's inaccurate to think of, of liberals as being the, as being in that group either. I, mean, I believe it. Yeah, it's not, not 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 too hard to believe. Yeah, I called Deepak Chopra. Um, uh, if syphilis had a Twitter account, it would be Dick Deepak Chopra. <laughs> Why is that? Because he's a douchebag. <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. Like he 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 is. He knows just enough science to be dangerous, and people look at him right. as an authority figure. And so, uh, you know, he gets on Twitter and says like liberalism is a mental illness and people go, Oh, interesting. I can see it. I can see it. I feel like Dr. Oz is the worst of all the worst. <laughs> uh, mostly because he has, doc I guess Dr. F well, the thing is like Dr. Oz actually shills stuff. Yeah. Whereas Dr. Phil just kind of, uh, just bullshit. Yeah, people. Just and, and it kind of, and he's not like, oh yeah, but so this guy, uh, this 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 company over here says that uh, if you eat their pill, uh, you will have uh, mindfulness for days. Yeah, well, and and it's the scrubs too. Like you're on, like, or did you just stroll in from surgery? Like, why is he? <laughs> right. <laughs> why is he wearing scrubs? Is he doing round? Like, is he seriously doing rounds still? He just, yeah, he just is in between, you know. So, so he right. just finished surgery. He's coming in. All right, folks, do my show, and then he goes back to work because the man's dedicated to his craft. So let's kind of go through some uh, other fringy folks uh, or fringy ideas and see where they land uh, in our opinion. I guess um, this one, the first one I'm going to bring up Ugh. is uh, I think it's interesting because I actually. It is a complex, and then maybe a level of evolution, political evolution here. But Alex Jones, uh, gay frog, 
man himself. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. In the 9-11 Joe Rogan podcast, or Joe Rogan's podcast, the 9-11 episode, Alex even claims, he's down there saying, everyone's calling me a conservative, but I, I, I'm a liberal. A lot of the fake liberals, because I see myself as a real liberal, but a lot of the fake liberals just go, oh, that's a lie, this is a lie. No, a lot of MSM lies and says I'm this big right-wing guy, but you guys know that I was really against George W. Bush. You've never been a right-wing guy, and it's a, it's a big misconception. Like, you Huge. were always totally anti-Bush. You got arrested speaking Twice, at, actually. before Bush was even elected. Yeah. You were trying to stop him from being elected. That did make me think, because when I first heard about Alex Jones, it was during George W. Bush. Uh, it was during his administration. And obviously, the pet idea, the pet uh uh, conspiracy that Jones was shilling back then was 9-11 truth. And it's easy to see that, okay, maybe he's just anti-George Bush. And if you think about Michael Moore, um, he was essentially doing the same thing with Fahrenheit 9-11. When the second plane hit the tower, his chief of staff entered the classroom and told Mr. Bush, the nation is under attack. As Bush sat in that Florida classroom, Was he wondering if maybe he should have shown up to work more often? Or maybe Mr. Bush was wondering why he had cut terrorism funding from the FBI. Or perhaps he just should have read the security briefing that was given to him on August 6, 2001, which said that Osama bin Laden was planning to attack America by hijacking airplanes. In in a way, he's blaming Bush for you know, purposely, willfully overlooking the intelligence data and letting it happen. Now, they came to do different conclusions about why and how, but if you're using that as kind of the, like, let's say this is the starting point, I can see why some people would say, oh, yeah, uh, Alex Jones is is a liberal. But the evolution of Jones is that Bush is gone, and now we have Obama, and Jones clearly can't just stop railing against uh the his you know the government because the government is is his boogeyman so he just then goes full birther he goes full crazy it's only now that trump's in office that he's really embraced the government he feels like he's a part of the government he feels like his guys in the government so i think there there might be some credibility to say that alex jones may have started out as a I don't know, fairly liberal folk guy, or maybe I don't, even, I don't know. I almost say non-political, you know, because if you read about like before um, when he was trying to infiltrate the Bohemian Grove, he he was anti-government, a hundred percent anti-government, but he didn't seem to have a, a political point of view, you know. He didn't seem yeah. to have like a uh, I'm anti-government, but I definitely think we need uh, universal health care. Uh, <laughs> he never said any shit like that. It was just he was he's a paranoid anti-government guy. Right, right. I don't think he's a liberal because I, I do think that he's he's I mean, he's he's certainly conservative where speech, uh, guns are concerned. And those are <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this. Those are now conservative talking points uh, and conservative like sp- the reason I, I scoff at speech is because conservatives hate free speech except for when they feel like they're being silenced. But I don't think that he morphed necessarily. I think that he might have if he if he morphed, then he morphed to appease an audience and, and to to maintain an audience. I think that he's always just been kind of a conservative guy. Um, 
you know, his topics are very like anti-government and that's super ingrained in, in the United States psyche, like in our, in our people's psyche. Like that's why we don't have universal health insurance because, uh, people don't, you know, keep your hands off my, keep your government's hands off my Medicaid type of a thing. Um, you know, but I think that he's always just been pretty conservative. Uh, he has certainly ramped it up now, uh, now that his boy's in, in office. And, but he's, you know, like he pointed out, he's not, he's not necessarily doing the anti-government stuff. He's more, um, he's more now anti-deep state, which is just enemies of Donald Trump, you know? So he's, he's just the worst. Let's just be honest. He's just the worst. He is essentially uh, a, a giant toxic meme that uh, will never go away. Yeah. He's, and it is about just getting subscribers. I mean, it's it's pure self-interest at this point. He doesn't care who he's talking about. Uh, I mean, I think that the crisis actors thing, hit, that invention was the, the bottom of the barrel and the pure – self-interest realizing that he needs a new conspiracy he needs something to yeah. buttress his answer like you know they're gonna take they're coming to take your guns away uh selling point i'll say call it selling point right he's, he's selling his alex jones brand so he's selling these ideas out there and for their the coming to get your guns away which is has been around since bill clinton and even before that um this idea that the liberal government or the government at all will come take your guns despite the fact that no one has made any meaningful effort to do it once but he realizes you know to make that to, to to sell the crisis to sell the the emergency he needs to create something new something palpable so he creates the, the crisis actor and it goes after the sandy hook families that was probably the low moment where it's just like it he almost he transcends any one politics he's i think you're right conservative to the sense that he has the, the certain things that he holds dear hew toward that conservative spectrum but again i almost think he's just apolitical he's self-interested yeah and he's he knows he knows that these are the the, his listeners care about these subjects so he'll do whatever he can to make these subjects wrap around his multi-layered conspiracy i like to consider it as just like real life fan fiction oh sure yeah real yeah fan fiction about what's really happening yeah i mean i I think he might be the the first one that basically just to say like they're he has no philosophy, you yeah. know. Like Alex Jones isn't liberal; he's not conservative. He does things for self-interest. And if tomorrow uh, his his entire audience shifted to the like the liberal spectrum, I'm sure he'd figure out ways of catering to that audience. You know, Absolutely. I'm sure he'd be like, you know, Donald Trump's not going to leave office. He's going to start an insurrection, martial law. Uh, we need to get against him. It, it would be easy switch. So, yep. absolutely. He's just uh, he's the worst. Anyway. He's, he's loathsome. He is loathsome. Yeah. I'm preparing my family for the imminent collapse of the United States economy. Now, a regular family, they may play the soccer games. They may go to church on the weekend. We used to do all those things. Now we spend our time prepping for what we see is coming. Wait, what do you think about preppers? Eh, I mean, preppers are, I don't think, I actually don't find preppers crazy. I know that that might sound crazy, but I definitely don't <laughs> find preppers crazy. Uh, of course you wouldn't, because you're crazy. You know that's. <laughs> so I grew up in Mormonism. Mormonism uh, has this value of being prepared. 
So you are encouraged to keep a couple of years worth of, of, of food in your house. Um, and then secondarily, while growing up in Mormonism, I grew up in a town of 700 people in the middle of the Nevada desert. So being prepared for not being able to get over to the pass to go 80 miles to the nearest grocery store um, was something that's just like, that's definitely going to happen. I mean, you're, that's going to happen. So, um, I don't find it very weird to, you know, have some stocks on, 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 on hand for the random things that happen in the world. Is that considered a prepper though? Like, I, I feel like to be a real prepper, um, there, you have to have the paranoia of, it's not like mother nature is going to come crashing through. Cause that's just, I don't know. Like then everyone on the East coast is a prepper because they, you know, they realize that, you know, they weather can black out their, their neighborhoods for weeks at a time. Um, no one calls them preppers. That's just kind of like, you know, just life. It's the idea. I think to be a real prepper, it's the idea that an outside force is going to, and a man-made outside force to be, is going to come and uh, cause havoc. Take your again, that Alex Jones idea of take your guns away, or you know, just the marauding horde. I know that there's a group of the more conservative group out there believes that uh, you need to arm yourself to the teeth because there's the quote unquote golden horde. Mm. The the civilians who will be fleeing the major cities and they'll be running up through the countryside. You need to arm yourselves against them because they'll be the mindless horde that steals all your rations. The way I see it, one of two things is going to happen. Either the government is going to get their head out of their ass and they're going to uh, implement some serious austerity measures and they're going to save this economy, in which case the entitlements will not be getting their checks or they're not and the economy is going to collapse, and the entitlements are not going to get their checks. And when those people that think they're entitled to other people's stuff don't get the stuff given to them by the government, they're going to come and try and take our stuff. And when they do, this is what they get. <laughs> more uh, more real-life fanfic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, like, uh, and I, I, I definitely, guys kind of like you, have a soft spot for preppers because I never was a prepper myself. Growing up, I, you know, I was listening to a lot of, maybe, I don't know, I guess, I guess at the time it was conservative radio. Um, and I wasn't really aware of it at the time. And they... There, the paranoia level was huge, and it was like we're because Clinton was in office, yeah, and yeah. they were expecting the Black Hawk helicopters, and the, yeah, the Black Hawks to come through and um, start dumping, uh, you know, peacekeepers on everyone's door, and right, there was a you had to be prepared, yeah, like there was a town near me that banned the UN from operating in the city limits, like the city council <laughs> just was like no UN. And it's like, you're a town of like 2,000 people. Like, what is, what right. will the UN <laughs> want with you? But yeah, I, I, I see. It was at a fever pitch. So yeah, I, I see your point, like, though. It's like the prepper that you uh, envision is not just the person who's, who's storing food. It's also the person who's storing guns. And he also thinks that the, it's the Mad Max future is what he's prepping for yeah. or i think even more more so now that was like i think in my generation because that's what really fueled my passion and like just love of the apocalypse was mad max i was living a mad max future now uh the contemporary uh, analog is 
the zombie apocalypse. Right, right. Which I think is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I would love that there'd be some kind of pathogen that creates zombies, but I mean, come on. If you're going to weigh the two, Mad Max is way better. I mean, I mean I'm just, Far I'm, better. <laughs> far uh, better. Right. So, and far more likely, people. Come on, right. get with it. Exactly. Uh, again, I think that the preppers who really are, are, are thinking of the government intervention, the you know boots on the ground yeah. type of catastrophe, uh, definitely have to hew more toward the conservative side. But I just read uh, that uh, there's since Trump has uh, come into office, a lot more liberal folk are like, "Nah, I, this is the end of the world." <laughs> I really wish liberals wouldn't be such pussies with respect to uh, gun ownership. You need you don't learn, you don't learn how to hunt. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you got to get off the. I think the liberals have to abandon the gun thing. I mean, like you have to, I, I, I know that you don't want to, but liberals should be owning guns. One hunting and two, uh, the second civil war, which we're not going to talk about again, <laughs> but hunting is, you know, being prepared for that sort of thing is also something. And, and, and they're also just fun. You know, guns are fun. That doesn't mean you can't ban assault rifles. You can still ban assault rifles. There's still plenty of guns. That's what you'll find out if you start like really perusing. Uh, there's guns, tons of guns yeah, out there. You can ban that, assault uh, rifles. I don't mind. You need to protect your folks, selves, folks, uh, on the uh, on the left coast over there because uh, the the center is coming for you. Yep. This is how I this see. This is how I stir that paranoia. <laughs> this is how it happens. I am. Uh, there's an inner Alex Jones in me that wants there to. There really out. is. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, I mean, really, honestly, Alex Jones touches all all of these because uh, he's the king of conspiracies, and his big one is uh, global conspiracy, the globalist conspiracy, the Illuminati, and this one I think is actually has to be straight down the middle because, again, growing up before pre Alex Jones. There was a shit ton of anxiety on the liberal side. I mean, look at there's still magazine Adbusters is rails against corporate America. They rail against, you know, essentially all these billionaires. Um, it, that has been a pet uh, idea in, in in the left wing for years, essentially uh, railing against is the income disparities. On the other side, you have the conservative version, which I'm going to now ascribe to Alex Jones. It's the globalist conspiracy, the Illuminati. The Jews. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's the Jews. Globalist is 100% a code word for Jew. 100%. They've been using it on that side of, you know, in the, in the dark recesses of, of uh, the far right for decades. But wasn't globalist supposed to be the, the – the, if you wanted to implicate the Jews, you would say Rothschild. You'd say Soros. But then there's the other globalists, the, 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 the collaborators, the other Jews. rich folks – they, they, <laughs> I guess so. I That's mean, what the, I mean, I'm telling you, like they, uh, they, you know, Trump's uh, Gary Cohen, um, Trump's economic advisor, chief economic advisor, his nickname in the White House, the slur for him was globalist Gary. Um, it's something that has been used since the 1940s. Uh, where senators were naming their anti-Semitic speeches um, globalist. I mean, they, it, 
it's it's this notion that the subtext is the notion that uh jews are the people who are you know the puppet masters of the world um pulling the strings uh they control all the money they control the media and so when we're talking about globalists they're they're talking about these people who are doing exactly that pulling the strings um the dark you know unseen hand and that's historically been the jew and it's just disgusting thinking about that though and seeing i I obviously have a blind spot for uh the i guess the the terminology so when you consider on the left side uh do you see hints of that as well i mean because it's just as opaque i think all the terminology on the left is you know corporate control corporate i mean it's it's corporatism they hate corporatism um isn't that i mean sure i mean i i think so unfortunately i think the jewish people enjoy um some some semblance of disdain from both left and right people and and unfortunately you know i you know i know this as i live in a home of with with my wife is a practicing jew so um you, you know, unfortunately, you you see it you see it frequently, um, and I think from both left and right. But I can I can point directly to it with the globalist comments um, towards the right hand side. I think you and I have sort of mocked this before, but I really like the notion of the globalists that are secretly controlling everything, but they're super terrible at it. You know, the, the they they use crisis actors. But they use crisis actors more than once on different events. Right. And like, <laughs> and like the jackass who lives in his goddamn basement and like is on the Internet going, holy, holy shit, that's the same person that was at Sandy Hook is at Park Ridge. And it's like, like if they're running the fucking world, they're not that goddamn stupid, you stupid ass hat. And all these conspiracies, they haven't really updated the the narratives and the software significantly enough because they're still running. It's like they're, they're running new programs on the old engine. Right. Um, and so they, they can't, they can't figure out a way of explaining why, uh, their conspiracies suck so bad. Like why, the, why the, why is Why are their, 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 their villains operating so illogically instead they, they, they need to update it. Now I will say, People should look away from Alex Jones to update their stuff because, again, back in that uh, the 9-11 Truth or the Joe Rogan's 9-11 episode, Rogan gave Alex Jones an opportunity to, quote-unquote, explain the entire thing. Here's the big enchilada for folks. It was batshit crazy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, it's all, it's all spo- fucking intergalactic psychic vampires. All right. Um, that makes sense. This is all fucking Alex Jones's effort to create this kind of reality fan fiction the elite are all about transcendence and living forever and the secrets of the universe and they want to know all this some are good some are bad some are a mix but there's this big war trying to like basically destroy humanity because humanity has free will and the elites themselves believe they're racing to take our best minds and build some type of breakaway civilization where they're going to merge with machines transcend and break away from the failed species that is man the first artificial intelligence will be a supercomputer based on the neuron activities of the hive mind of humanity with billions of people wired into it with the Holy internet of shit. things so that they will have current prediction powers future prediction powers a true crystal ball 
But the big secret is, once you have a crystal ball and know the future, you can add stimuli beforehand and make decisions that control the future. And so then it's the end of consciousness and free will for individuals, as we know, and a true 2.0 in a very bad way, hive mind consciousness with an AI jacked into everyone, knowing our hopes and dreams, delivering it to us, not in some PKD wirehead system where we plug in and give up on consciousness because of unlimited pleasure, but because we were already wired in and absorbed before we knew it by giving over our consciousness to this system by our daily decisions that it was able to manipulate and control into a larger system. There's now a human counter-strike taking place to shut this off before it gets fully into place and cut off the pedophiles and psychic vampires that are in control of this AI system before humanity's destroyed. He's been wanting to write a book about psychic vampires controlling the world for so long, he's just gone this really circuitous path to get there. Um, so it's just one long kind of stream of consciousness to like explain it. They, they almost really need to like just call a close to all those conspiracies, yes. find a way of tying it up, and then create new ones that kind of are, are more. I don't know, like like for instance, make it so that the cabal is several. It's not one organization; it's several competing organizations, which would I mean essentially mirrors the real world because you have countries, but call them cabals, and they all have competing interests, and so they're you know they fight amongst each other, so they have mixed results. And there I mean, is. honestly, you could you could run that for psh, that. You're welcome, conspiracy theorists. I mean, you just change change the narrative, and uh, you're fine. Last group, and then we'll tie this up. Uh, privacy hawks. Now, this is the one <laughs> I think that is honestly, this is both left and right. It's the it's the one thing they can like the the real the far flung fringes can agree on is that. Uh, Leave me the fuck alone. Like, stay out of my shit. Yeah. Um, all of you. And uh, so, do you? Th- I I feel like this is the one that has no political right or left lean. I think it's just straight down the middle. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, I think you're right. I think that conservatives certainly um are very private with respect to you know I want the government out of my business, but they're also very much like. Well, if he's got nothing to hide, what does he care? You know, that sort of thing. So I guess they're kind of contradictory in that sense. Whereas liberals are more like, I don't really care if the government's listening. Um, but the ones who do care are just insane about it. Like, they just, they're, they're almost overboard. Do you have any examples of that? <laughs> Me. (laughs) (laughs) Explain. (laughs) I don't want, like, I don't want anyone, I don't want the government listening. And so I take, you know, pretty substantial measures to prevent that from happening. So, you know, I have a, I'm not, I monitor my network traffic. I um use anonymizing apps to message with people i delete my text messages um frequently i use a uh, uh, two-factor authentication a hardware-based two-factor authentication rather than software-based two-factor authentication for almost every any account that will allow it um i use encryption uh, i would say though that like yeah again it's like a, it's a spectrum so on both the right and the left you have uh, complete lunatics like yourself. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then as you move to the center, you're right. You have people that just, uh, they, they'll compromise their privacy for safety. Like all the shit you do on a daily basis, 
is way just that's almost just you explaining it sounds like an inconvenience um so i can't imagine most people in the middle doing that even though i i have a personal interest in it in the back of my mind i hear this voice like in my conscience saying they're spying on they are. you they're spying on you <laughs> and they're spying on everyone and you know i it doesn't matter until it does matter like they're not paying attention to you until they are you know i i deal with people accused of crimes and i get phone records and it's remarkable what's on those phone records i mean I exonerated somebody based on his phone records because his phone was tracking everywhere he went. Secondarily, I've had people con- dead to rights convicted based on their phone records because they're tracking everywhere you go. You know, we've had uh, law enforcement attempt to get the recordings from, you know, Alexa, from the Echo Dots and, you know, that sort of thing. Y- you don't think about it ever until you go, God damn it, why did I have a phone on me at that moment? A lot of scenarios are like, oh, I just did something bad, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you've like, been implicated. Let's just, okay, good example is up here. There, a group of people walked onto the freeway to protest um, some some oil issues, so oil being transported. Uh, so they walked onto the freeway. Law enforcement went to prosecute those people, and they got a, they got a, they got a subpoena for the Facebook group, the secret Facebook group that all these people communicated through. And so all their communications got sent over to the cops. If, if something weird, e- even if you weren't involved in that initial incident of, of illegality, if you were a part of the group, the police now know everything that you talked about while you're in the group. If you get wrapped up in one of these things and you actually really are innocent, say uh, there's really, a, there's a, there's a more of an, a strong incentive to just, look the other way and prosecute innocent people uh you know it's just i don't know it's you don't why be in that situation you know just yeah that's my thing um alrighty so let's just gonna wrap this up and um that was uh, i i don't know how we concluded if we concluded anyone was uh there's any more one or the left left or right i think i think think I think that crazy is equal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy knows no philosophy. Vaccinate your goddamn kids. Yes, 100%. All right, we'll be back in uh, a little bit. It looks like we got a hostile coming up the driveway. When you're faced with the reality and you take every step possible to keep your family safe, that's a positive thing to do. Go ahead and take him out. And that's what we should all do. Because it is coming. We are sinking ship. And you had better grab a life vest. If someone comes out here and attempts to assault my property, we're going to lock and load and fight someone. I'm not hiding in no bunker, but I have no intention of living underground. That's no kind of life. <laughs> All right, that was episode two of the old far off topic. Um, like you said, you felt a little rambly, and I'm—I ju- was convincing you, trying to convince <laughs> you that uh, it's gonna—it'll work out. It'll, it'll work, work out, out in the end, uh, yeah. Or it won't. I don't know. Probably, probably <laughs> won't. But uh, as for the show, um, it, episode one is out, is ready to go, and um, hasn't been approved, so I have to do some other stuff as we explained at the beginning of the show. So maybe these will be uh, out at the same time. Who knows? I actually have to go to Adelaide tomorrow, Adelaide, Australia. So I'll be editing this on the plane. And 
yeah, we'll see see if that gets then the, the yeah, I'll have to plug this thing in. It's not fun to work in a plane, I'll tell you that much. And at least with not with my laptop, it's pretty huge. Well, uh, safe travels. That's uh I'm glad it's you and not me. You know what? Uh, I have gotten so used to these long haul flights that uh, you know I've I almost measured it by how many movies you watch, and uh, you know at what point you watch like three or four movies, then you have to go to bed. But uh, like I've done it a million times, so uh, I'm pretty used to it. But I will try to have this up, uh, you know, in a timely fashion. And uh, we do actually have our uh, Twitter is at Far Off Topic. And uh, a Facebook group, but who knows? I might be changing that later. Uh, as for the other uh, iTunes or the not the other podcaster sites, we have applications for them. Uh, so you'll be able we'll to listen. Don't worry. Uh, most of all, thank all of you for listening. And uh, until you hear from us again, so mote it be. So mote it be. <laughs>